This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Lupe, and as always, this show is presented to you by phlsportsnation.com. Make sure you're checking us out for all of your fellow sports needs. We've got the Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Union, Flyers, whatever you need for your fellow sports needs, come to phlsportsnation.com or phlsportsnation on Twitter. Check in with all of our different sections. I'm with Eagles Nation, of course, covering the Birds Banter Podcast, but we cover every single sports team in Philadelphia, and sports are coming back, so make sure you're dialed in there. But for this Birds Banter podcast, we are going to take a look into the 2020 season. We're going to talk about the top five headlines that the Eagles are going to be facing for this season. Players are starting to report. We're starting to see the Eagles players come into the NovaCare complex. They're going to be undergoing some testing, um, really a lot of stuff going on before they even get into main drills. Um, we've talked about before in this podcast how unusual this offseason is because normally the Eagles would be hitting, they'd be in pads, um, full contact practices by now, training for the preseason, trying to get ready, but no training camp yet, no preseason this year. Um, the NFL is not planning on having contact practices with pads on until I believe it was August 16th or 17th, so really not a lot of time to prepare and get right for the 2020 season, but uh, full faith in Doug Peterson and the rest of the Eagles organization to make sure that they're making the correct decisions come the day that they have to make some cuts. They've made a few cuts already. Um, they went down from 90 to 82 on the roster. They have to shave down to 80 before training camp starts. And um, the most notable names in those cuts have been Trevor Williams, the cornerback. Um, I listened to Inside the Birds. Um, I've talked about them many times on this podcast with uh, Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. They, um, they were obviously, like many other fans, they were surprised that this move happened because Trevor Williams was somebody that people believed that he could compete for, not maybe a starting job, but some significant playing time with the Eagles. And then now he's all of a sudden cut, uh, the first wave of cuts. And Jeff Mosher pointed out an interesting theory. Maybe the Eagles really liked what they saw out of Sidney Jones and or Avante Maddox. Maybe Russell Douglas is back in the picture. And they just said to Trevor Williams, hey, you're probably not going to get the opportunity here. Would you like to move on and go somewhere where you can actually compete to start or get considerable playing time? So if that's the, the decision that they made, then very understandable. Um, wish him nothing but the best, even though he really didn't spend much time with the Eagles at all. Another notable cut, um, Shelton Gibson. It, he's not a notable player. It's just because the Eagles drafted him back in 2018 and, um, you know, or 2017, I should say. Um, he was with the team for two years, really didn't show anything at all, especially when a lot of injuries happened to the wide receiver group. He didn't really step into a bigger role, came back last year, um, had that huge offensive pass interference or defensive pass interference call called upon him uh, against the Seahawks, really put the Eagles in a position to win the game. They unfortunately did not, but Sheldon Gibson, I believe that will be cutting all ties from him and the Eagles, um, after he got cut there.
and as well as the main cuts that the Eagles have to make, there is a few other things going on with the NFL. Obviously, you guys are big sports fans. You're seeing what's happening in the MLB. Um, the NHL or NBA are taking a little bit different you know, stance on this. MLB is struggling a lot right now, especially in Philly with the Phillies. Um, the Marlins, who they just played, they got COVID. Um, really, a lot of moving pieces to this. The NFL has to be on top of their game if they want to play a season this year. And there's been a lot of, um, you know, stuff going around. All the owners had a conference call last week to talk about different changes that included salary cap, players opting out, all of that, which we will probably get into next week. Um, just wanted to let everybody take a step back from the COVID topics and actually get into some Eagles football this week on the Birds of Andrew podcast because it seems like lately, um, especially getting to sports, all that we've been talking about is this virus and how it impacts us. So I kind of wanted to get you guys fired up for the season if we have one, um, change the stance a little bit rather than just hearing the same stuff over and over again. But really what I want to get out of that conference call um, right away is players opting out of their contracts. So players have the option. Um, obviously, they're not they, – they can, you know, pull out and not play for this season if they don't feel comfortable. A lot of the players that are choosing to do this are ones with families back home, newborn child, and one of those is Eagles wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. I'm recording this Tuesday night. You're going to be seeing this up Wednesday morning. Marquise Goodwin said on Tuesday um, in the morning or the afternoon that he was going to be opting out of the 2020 season, and I completely respect his decision because Marquise is a player, if you guys remember, I was last year, um, He, him and his wife were struggling with miscarriages, and then he finally had um, a child. So, you know, he's been through a lot in his life, and we have to remember that although we love to see these NFL players play every single Sunday, they are human still. They have to be able to make sure that they're providing for their family, and, you know, no amount of money is going to pry them away from their families and run the risk of them getting the virus and then bringing it back to their families and risking their child's lives, their newborn child's lives, it's just not worth it. So I think we all need to respect their decisions and uh, really just see what happens. So we're not even sure the whole scope of the season yet. So um, let's not, you know, Marquise Goodwin, really looking forward to what he had to bring to the team. Um, His contract will roll over to 2021 as of right now. So we still have to look forward to him uh, next year. Hopefully he can stay at in good shape, uh, maybe get that race done with Tyreek Hill, and we'll see him next year. All right, and now getting to the main topic of this podcast, five major headlines of the 2020 season. This is what I'm predicting to be the hot topic, what everybody's going to be talking about, what we are going to want to see out of this Eagles team. And number one is going to start with the offensive line, the big boys up front. That's going to be the headline of the new offensive line play. We got Andre Dillard at left tackle and Jason Peters at right guard, which is very unusual. Um, Going to be seeing number 71 move not only inside, but a different side of the line. Um, first things first, with Andre Dillard, you know, he really needs to step up in year two. Um, nobody really expected him to start at all his rookie year just because Jason Peters was still around. Um, you know, he might have not been super NFL ready yet, although he was a top prospect in that draft class. They wanted to develop him and just make sure he's ready for the, you know, the tackle duties of the future when Jason Peters does go down. And then all of a sudden this offseason, Jason Peters' name is getting, uh, you know, flying around a little bit. Everybody's like, yeah, bring 
bring Peters back. We don't trust Dillard. But why waste a first-round pick on someone if you're going to sit them for two years? So I completely trust the Eagles in going with their gut and starting Andre Dillard at left tackle. But then they make a very, very um, surprising move, bringing Jason Peters back. And some can say it's not surprising. Um, You can argue that for sure. But it's surprising in the fact that he's moving over to right guard. Um, You know, the Eagles never really want to say goodbye to Jason Peters. It seems like every year for the past three years, he's been saying, um, you know, I'm going to think about retirement. The Eagles are like, okay, uh, let us know. And then he says he wants to play, and then he gets brought back for a year. Happened after 2017, happened after 2018, now has happened after 2019. So it seems like they're just waiting it out until he officially retires, but now he's going to be playing a different position. And Jason Peters, what I'm looking at of him, can he make this switch? Can he move from left tackle to right guard and play at a high level? Doug Peterson says he can. He held a press conference the other day, and um, he had nothing but good things to say about Jason Peters. He said, you know, I'm not worried about the switch. I think that he can handle it. If there's any player out there, it's Jason Peters, which, you know, I'm, I'm completely with him. But Jason Peters, at his age, um, you know, not the highest level tackle, or I guess guard now, but not the highest level offensive lineman in the league anymore. Obviously, has done a lot in his career, a lot of achievements, Pro Bowls, All Pros, definitely a Hall of Fame player. But that's asking a lot out of Jason Peters. But um, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. When you watch Jason Peters, one thing that really doesn't go away with his age is his quickness and his power. If he could hold on to that quickness and that power, make sure he's getting in front of those blocks and just not letting anybody buy him, you know, Lane Johnson's there to help. Jason Kelsey is there to help. Jason Peters does not need to be all pro. He just needs to be serviceable. I think he's going to be a lot more than serviceable. People didn't really like Jason Peters coming back because um, a lot of people just, you know, want to see him go. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. He's just one of those players that the Eagles want to pay respects to. Um, they did it with Darren Sproles for a little bit. I know they want to get younger, but Jason Peters is someone that they respect so much, and they wanted to bring him back. I really like this because although it's not Jamal Adams, it's not Giannis Nagakwe, or any of those big names that the Eagles may have traded for, it is a clear upgrade at right guard over Matt Pryor. Yes, Matt Pryor might have blown us all away and had a breakout season, but Jason Peters, you know more of what you're getting out of him. He has experience. He can play left tackle if he needs to, if Andre Dillard struggles. Um, Matt Pryor, you really just don't know if he can make the next step. And getting that offensive line solidified after Brandon Brooks goes down is huge. So I'm really looking for if Andre Dillard can make the steps that he needs to in year two, and if Jason Peters can be a little bit more than serviceable, because if so, this offensive line can easily stay a top 10, top 5 unit in this league. Coming in at number 2, it's another second-year player for the Eagles. Actually, a second-round pick. Not Miles Sanders. It's going to be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, can he make his improvements in year 2? We talked about Andre Dillard. You know, Andre Dillard, he's making the progress. He's making his weight. Is, is his hands, are they going to get better? His technique, we have yet to see. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he played his entire, almost his, his entire rookie year injured. You know, had something in his foot, whether it be turf toe or plantar fascia, 
We don't know the specific details, but he said it was extremely painful to play through. That really good route running the Eagles thought that they were getting from him just couldn't come to fruition just because he was hurt almost the entire year. So looking forward to seeing if you know the injury really impacted him that much. He seems like he improved a lot later in the season. Maybe the stats don't show for it, but on the field watching his tape, Thomas Peterson, man, I, I mean, I follow him on Twitter. I don't interact with him a whole lot um, as far as going back and forth talking to him, but I'm always liking his stuff, retweeting his stuff. So if you follow me, you've probably seen some of it, but he does incredible work um, pulling film of the Eagles and just talking about it. A couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, I don't know. It's all just coming together at this point. The summer's kind of just blending together. Peterson, uh, Thomas Peterson put together this video of J.J. Otega Whiteside um, all throughout the season and talked about how later in the season his route running improved so much. And you could see it. The film doesn't lie. Uh, tape doesn't lie. So make sure if you're not following him, go follow him. Great content there. Um, but what I want to talk about J.J. Otega Whiteside, he has a huge task in front of him because, you know, Alshon Jeffrey is starting on the PUP list. It's something I've been saying for this, you know, the past couple of months. It's official right now. He's going to start training camp on the PUP list, um, which you know makes it a higher, prob- uh, higher probability that he's going to start the season week one on the PUP list, which means that he has to make it through six weeks without stepping on the field. And after that, they have, I believe, 21 days to activate him to the official roster. Um, you know, the team wants to get faster, but J.J., he's really the best option at X receiver on the team. Like I said, Alshon's not going to be available. He's not going to be ready. So you need a bigger, stronger, you know, more of a route-running receiver as opposed to putting Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, you know, Marquise Goodwin comes to my mind, although he is opting out. Um, Players like that, Quez Watkins, that might be making the team now, John Hightower, faster players, you know, you can't, I know some teams do it, they fill the the field with um, just speed all over. If you want a well-rounded offense, you need to have a solid X receiver. And if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can do that, then the Eagles' offense is going to be much, much better. Also, one thing to point out, the wide receiver position, as much of a problem it was last season and this offseason, it can be a lot worse if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside doesn't pan out. Because think about it this way. Deshaun Jackson, if he doesn't stay healthy or just doesn't produce, he's not going to be with the team in 2021. As unfortunate as it sounds, and I know fans love him, I love him, if he doesn't produce, if he doesn't step on the field, he's not going to be with the team. Alshon Jeffrey, highly doubt he's with the team in 2021, no matter what. He's just getting paid too much. They're trying to get as much use out of him right now without wasting $16 million for this year. After that, it's a lot of youth. What are the chances that John Hightower and Quez Watkins are going to all of a sudden be you know, starters in this league year two, year three? Yes, I like them. I like the picks. But I'm realistic. They are later round picks. Marquise Goodwin is not playing anymore. All of a sudden, you're looking at Jalen Rager as, you know, holding this wide receiver group together. But he hasn't even stepped on the field yet. He hasn't had training camp yet. Yeah, I love him. The Eagles fan base loves him. They see the potential out of Jalen Rager. But it's not like he is a solidified receiver in this league and they can rely on him and, and don't have any doubt that he's going to struggle. So Jalen Rager is really the, the, the centerfold piece of this wide receiver group right now, along with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. If they succeed, you have your starters for the next couple of years. That's great. That's fantastic. 
But J.J. Ortega-Whiteside needs to pull his weight and start improving. That's going to be a big, big headline for 2020. My third headline is going to be, who is cornerback number two? You know, the secondary improved a ton with Darius Slay. A ton. Eagles haven't had a cornerback like him in years. It hasn't been said um, Asante Samuel, honestly. In 2011 or 2012, he left the team. It has not been good since then. Everybody knows the Namdi Awesome laws, the Byron Maxwells. Everybody that has entered the Eagles organization at cornerback has just not played up to par. I mean, the best one since Avante, or Asante Samuel has been Avante Maddox, in my opinion. Jalen Mills, maybe. It's just not been up to par. Um, you know, who is going to be next to Darius Slay? Yes, you are getting the top 10 cornerback in this league, maybe top five. Depends what you're looking at out of Darius Slay. You are getting that crazy amount of talent, but yet again, the other side is lacking. Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, who is it going to be? Yes, I believe in them. I, they've played pretty well in their careers, ups and downs. Um, I would say Avante Maddox is dialed in at the start of right now. But, you know, you have to have good play out of the second receiver. And granted, you know, they're not going to have a huge uh, task on their hands every single week because Darius Slay is going to be shadowing the number one wide receiver on opposing offenses. So they're not going to have to cover Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. And I, I don't have the schedule on top of my head, so I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, Amari Cooper, they're going to have a little bit lesser of a wide receiver every single week than Darius Slay, which is going to help them a lot because they just struggle against bigger, better wide receivers like that, that Darius Slay can handle. But also one thing to point out, just like the wide receiver position, the Eagles need to find out a long-term solution. You know, they've been young and filtering these guys in and out for years. Ever since 2016, 2017, when they started drafting these guys like crazy, they haven't had somebody that they can put into a second contract ever. You know, Jalen Mills just entered a second contract, but he moved to safety. Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Russell Douglas, still on their first contracts. It's not like they're panning out yet. Yes, Avante Maddox, it's a great pick, home run of a pick in the fourth round, but is he the long-term solution? We don't know yet. We have to see what it has to bring in 2020, yeah, 2020, and then hopefully 2021, 2022, one of these guys are going to be next to Darius Slay for the next couple of years. That is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for just this battle. I'm looking for someone to emerge as a future starter. All right, Eagles Nation, before we get to the fourth and the fifth most important headline for the 2020 season, I want to talk about our new sponsor. Support for the Birds Banter Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And guys, when you're grooming, you don't want to you know, make any cuts or make any errant mistakes. You want to make sure that it's precise. And you're taking care of yourself. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new improved Lawnmower 3.0. You know, th their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. When I tell you it's premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates your grooming area for a closer 
and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded the 7000 RPM motor with a quiet stroke technology, so your experience is nice and quiet for whenever you need to trim. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Super easy for your bathroom there. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. And now back to the show. All right, guys, two more headlines for the 2020 season. Number four, we're going back to the offense. Will Carson Wentz take the next step in his career? You know, this is an interesting one. Some, something I wanted to include in this realm, but it's kind of a touchy subject for the Eagles fans because everybody loves Carson Wentz. Everybody wants to defend him. But if you want the most out of him, you've got to want him to improve. And yes, there is a lot of room for improvement here because Carson Wentz has never before had this array of weapons. Even without Marquise Gobert on the field, the Eagles are going to have, at least in week one, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, a couple of rookie wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey coming back later. When you look at his career, 2016 to 2019, it has been nothing close to that. The closest time that he had those kind of weapons was in 2017, and you all know what happened then. He led the Eagles the first seed in the NFC, and Nick Foles took it from there and won the Super Bowl. You know, he had, it wasn't even as good as the offense the Eagles have right now. The offense is so much better right now. Carson Wentz is more experienced, better receivers, better running backs. But man, if Carson Wentz doesn't step up, oh, this is a big year for him. I know the Eagles have committed to him. I know the fans have committed to him. But if he can't show that he's going to be an elite quarterback this year, I'd start to get concerned. Yes, he is still very good. If he has a great season, that's great. But this is his chance to prove that he is elite. And you can't tell me I'm wrong. This is his chance right here. This is a make-it-or-break-it year for Carson Wentz. I'm not talking about his future with the team. Not getting into that at all, because you guys know my stance on Carson Wentz. I'm talking about how he is going to be viewed league-wide. How is he going to be viewed by his team, his teammates? This is the year to do it. Wentz has been very good. Don't get me wrong. MVP season in 2017, a couple playoff, uh, a couple, you know, leading the team to the playoffs a couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, got hurt a few times, but he has the chance to play in a way that the league has never before seen him play. He can air it out almost every single play now. He can, you know, have the weapons to check down and let them do the rest. Last year, he fought adversity and got huge wins, made the playoffs against all odds, but unfortunately, there's some pretty rough performances in there as well. The Seahawks game wasn't the best. Uh, going back to the Packers game, yes, that was one of Carson Wentz's best performances. It was very impressive to beat the, the Packers in Green Bay. However, he threw for less than 200 yards. Same thing against the Jets. You can't be having that with Carson Wentz. He needs to be running it up on these defenses and making sure that he's securing the win for his team. You know, another thing the Eagles focused on this offseason is bringing in a lot of new coaches. 
many different offensive minds for Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson to play around with. But my only concern is, is this going to be too many voices? I mentioned earlier that Inside the Birds podcast, a couple months ago, they did a positional coach breakdown, what each coach's role was. I mean, I know this is a while ago, but if you guys haven't listened to that, make sure you do so because they're more dialed in than anyone else out there. They know uh, what these coaches are going to be working on all season. And uh, they had similar concerns. They made a point that, you know, some of these coaches, they're not going to be on the sideline every day. They're not going to be in practices every day. Sometimes they're just working at home, looking at film. They're just sending stuff to their guys saying, hey, check this out. Hey, here's a new play I came up with, stuff like that. So it's not like Carson Wentz is going to be bombarded every single day with 10 different coaches saying, do this, do this, do this, because then he's not going to succeed. Carson Wentz is somebody that wants to take matters into his own hands. I think everybody has seen that so far out of him in his career. So Wentz really needs to make sure that he is, yes, taking advice to make sure he improves, but is still aggressive, still a great leader. You know, Carson Wentz, what I want to see out of him, I need that deep ball dialed in. We saw week one last year with Deshaun Jackson, those two huge touchdowns. I want to see him take that throw with confidence no matter who it's to. He's got Jalen Rager now. He's got Deshaun Jackson. A couple other deep threats to play with. I want to see that deep ball dialed in. But also, be confident in the check down. Be comfortable with it. You have Dallas Goddard. You have Zach Ertz. You have Miles Sanders. You have Boston Scott. Some of the best in the game at these check downs. They can make it happen after you throw them the ball. Throw the ball to them if they're open. Carson Wentz struggled a lot last year. Finding the open man just because he wanted to make it happen all himself. The Eagles would be so much better if he just checked it down and kept it moving down the field. Carson Wentz, that is what we need to see out of you in 2020. We need to make sure that the league knows you're an elite quarterback, and yes, you do belong on the top 100 list. Last but not least, number five, the number five headline of the 2020 season for the Eagles, what to do at linebacker. Linebacker is the weakest group on the team. I think we, we can all agree on this. Um, the Eagles have just a bunch of you know, players that just thrive in different roles, in different um, you know, packages. There's not really a player that you look at other than T.J. Edwards, in my opinion, but you still have to have him prove himself. He was an undrafted free agent just last year. There's not really a player you can look at point to him and say, that is a three-down linebacker in this NFL. It's it's just not the way the group is built right now. Nate Gary is not going to be something you step in and put into the game every single play. Davion Taylor, yes, I love the pick. Looking forward to what he has to bring in the future. He's not ready week one to be a starter. Yes, maybe in some different packages. Um, probably not going to be a you know blitzing-type linebacker or trying to pick up a, uh, a tight end, he's going to be trying to cover because he's faster. You know, he's faster, can make the tackles. Um, but, you know, other than that, there's not a lot of big game, big names in the linebacker group. Um, the loss of Malcolm Jenkins also hurts a lot here because, as we saw, as Malcolm Jenkins got older and got up there in age later on in his career, he started moving closer and closer to the line of scrimmage. So what's going to be interesting is... Um, with Malcolm Jenkins gone, the Eagles have been solidifying this safety group with a couple of box safeties. They're bringing in Jalen Mills from the cornerback position, Will Parks, who is very good at that, Kayvon Wallace, who, yes, he played strong safety and free safety. 
at Clemson, but when I watched him, he definitely succeeded more as a strong safety, closer to the box, um, better in that role of Malcolm Jenkins than what Rodney McLeod plays for the Eagles. Inside the Birds, third time mentioning them, um, they mentioned that they believe the Eagles are going to bring in a veteran linebacker, which I, I could see happening. I would agree with that. If you're going to have to make all these cuts to get down to 80 roster spots, if you're including some linebackers in there, you don't know what you don't know what the, the team is going to bring. You still have a guy like Nigel Bradham out there, not signed. Um, I know there's plenty others. Take a chance on someone, someone that's proven, because I know we want the Eagles to improve and make these um, you know, risky chances to try to improve the team, but in uncertain times with this uncertain offseason, you need to make sure that you're being safe and doing what it takes to win some football games. So lastly, I kind of want to know, out of this headline, is Jim Schwartz and the Eagles, are they going to try to hide this hole in the team? Are they just going to try to keep, you know, one or two linebackers on the field at a time, just try to exploit their strengths at safety and the defensive line to try to make up for it, their strength with Darius Slay? Or, or are they going to let these guys play and see who is best fit? Are they going to give TJ Edwards the chance that he deserves? Are they going to bring in someone like Sean Bradley, say he makes a team? A sixth-round pick, I believe. Is he going to be someone that actually gets playing time? Davion Taylor. I know he might not be ready, but is he going to be someone that can actually try it out year one, get some different you know, experience in different roles? That's going to be interesting to see. Is Jim Schwartz going to hide and try to you know, mastermind it before he unveils this linebacker group next year, or next uh, season in 2021, try to pull together a little bit more talent, get these guys more experienced? Or is he going to go for it? Is he going to say, hey, we understand. We might not be the best group out there, but we're going to play to our strengths. We're going to try to get better every single day. We're going to put you against, against some of the best, but we have a great defense to help you out. Do your role. Do your job. It's going to be interesting to see because I can see it go both ways. I want to see this linebacker group succeed. I want to see someone emerge as a three-down starter. Hopefully, T.J. Edwards, Nate Gary, those are going to be my lead guys right now. But at the same time, I don't want to get burned. I don't want a tight end or running back to blow up for big plays just because the Eagles linebacker group is not up to par. So those are my five key headlines for the 2020 season. Hope you guys enjoyed this. A little bit of a different stance right now. Like I said, wanted to get away from the technical parts of the season, the COVID and everything, talk about not playing or playing, just talk about some Eagles football because I'm sure missing it. I know everybody else is, and I would definitely miss it if we don't have it. So I'm going to enjoy it right now, talk about Eagles football as much as possible, and look forward to a season if we have one. Uh, Fingers crossed that we do. So thank you again for listening to this episode of the Birds Major Podcast. Again, this podcast is now sponsored by Manscaped. If you want to check out Manscaped and their products, go to manscaped.com and use code PHL at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, make sure you check us out next Wednesday for more Birds Banter. Follow us on social media, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram, Birds Banter on Twitter. Subscribe on all platforms. You know the drill. If you're enjoying the podcast, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll see you next time. Go Birds! This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in
that 21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music No one man should have all that power The clock's ticking, I just